Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits and I'm bringing it to you real and unfiltered. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am excited about today's episode and today's guest. We had a really interesting conversation. It kind of went in a bunch of different directions. And full disclosure, when we recorded this, I was sick with COVID, terrible COVID brain, which I still have brain fog. And my guest, Dr. Neinstein, did enough work for the two of us. He is super passionate about what he does and his energy, his enthusiasm is definitely palpable. So he's a board certified plastic surgeon in New York City. He's the owner of Neinstein Plastic Surgery. He's often referred to as the surgeon's surgeon as many surgeons choose him as their own trusted doctor. He's the author of Safety Guidelines and he's a masterclass instructor he stresses the importance of hyper-specialization, which you'll hear in this episode, and patient care above all else. He's also an entrepreneur and frequent speaker on how to harness personal and team potential in a modern world. His most proudest achievements are the loving family he has with celebrity fitness instructor, his wife, Lauren Neinstein. And in this episode, we get into so many different topics. We, of course, talk about body contouring and lipo and the procedures that he does. But we also talk about more personal things like optimizing yourself for your purpose. We talk about like surgery trolls. We talk about body empowerment. We talk about balance. And then of course he gets into the details, the nitty gritty of body contouring, mommy makeovers, how he sculpts the perfect arms. I talked in my episode with Harley about arms and Dr. Neinstein, I think echoes the sentiment that this is like a lot of women's problem area. So we talk about sculpting arms and we talk about different types of breast augmentation surgeries, including his thoughts on breast implant illness and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode with Dr. Ryan Neinstein. Welcome. So excited to talk to you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be on this podcast today. I've been looking forward to this for so long. Aww. I've been Finally looking forward to it also. And then COVID threw a wrench in our plans. 
Yeah, unfortunately. There does. <laughs> I was telling Dr. Neinstein off mic that he's going to be kind of leading this conversation today because I've had COVID for the last 10 days and I have been struggling to even string together a sentence. So this is going to be really interesting, but you're the perfect guest to have on for this situation because you're so charismatic (laughs) and energetic. Like you can just do the podcast for the both of us. I am happy to lead the way (laughs) and whether or not is a fault or one of my advantages, I have plenty to say and I will just tell me when you don't want me to say no more, but thanks again for having me. We're really excited. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of commonalities that we can share today. For sure. So to start off, why don't you just tell everybody about who you are and what you do and how you came to do it? Gotcha. Okay. So we're going to jump right into it. So Mm -hmm. Dr. Ryan Einstein, I grew up in Canada, you know, America's hat, that place up north, a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. And, you know, being a grandchild of Holocaust survivors really imprinted something that's super important to me and stays with me to this day. And I look forward to passing it on to my own children. And that is, you know, you can't float in life. You must find something, whatever it is, that has significant purpose and it should make a positive impact on others. So that was kind of my upbringing, kind of had a sense of looking for purpose. The things that I was into when I was young, like every, you know, like most young people, the things that I liked were sports and science. I liked the camaraderie and the competitiveness of sports. And I liked the certainty of science. And then that serendipitously led me to go into medicine. And I wanted to, you know, bring those things together, working as a team to help others and with things that were finite. It wasn't so abstract. And surgery became something very clear to me that I wanted to do. And I did my surgical training in Canada. And then I came to New York to do subspecialty training. And then I met a girl and then I subsequently married another girl, as the story goes. But I fell in love with the American way. I don't care what anyone says. It's the greatest country in the world. You can come here from anywhere in the world or from inside this country. And it is still true. Anything is possible. When I finished my training, I got my immigration organized. I started working for someone. And then I just didn't like what I saw in terms of, you know, the status quo for my industry. And like many entrepreneurs, I was crazy enough to think I could do it differently. I could do it better. I could do it on my own. So eight years ago, started my own practice you know, with a hope and a dream and a dental chair in a dental office. So we've come a long way. And now we have the biggest office in the city above Bergdorf Goodman. We have a growing team of providers, all providing the same kind of highly focused body surgery, plastic surgery with that same energy and intensity and intellectual inertia that I bring with an amazing team. And I have an amazing, loving wife who puts up with my chaos and two amazing children. (laughs) That's my story. Do you have any advice for people who are struggling to find a purpose and find a passion? Because I think that, you know, we hear that so often, like find, find what your purpose is and, you know, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life, all of these things. But I get the feedback so often that like, People just don't know what their purpose is and they just feel kind of lost and aimless and they try different things and they can't really figure it out. So do you have any advice for people? Yeah, purpose is everything. And 
Benjamin Franklin said, there are three things in this world that are hard. Number one, diamonds. Number two, steel. Number three, and most importantly, getting to know yourself. Okay. Most people do not do a critical appraisal of themselves. So you cannot find your purpose unless you are willing to sit down and get to know the only person you are actually stuck with for the rest of your life, yourself. What are your values? What are your goals? What do you want to be to live your best life? And once you have done that, and by the way, that's actually very hard because there are a lot of people who say things, but they don't actually know if they are the type of person who's willing to do that. So for me, what's my purpose? I want to make the biggest impact I can on other people by being the best version of myself as a surgeon. And I'm willing to go to the ends of the earth and farther past that to do that. Now, a lot of people may say, I also want to be, you know, a great surgeon or a great entrepreneur. But are you really willing to make the sacrifices? And by the way, I'm not necessarily saying that's a good thing. Like when I look at my purpose, I, I can tell you exactly what it is in one sentence. And I can tell you, I know who I am. I know what, what I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice social life. I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, missing birthdays for my kids. I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, I don't drink. I am like, I don't say I live like a monk, but everything I do 24 hours a day, seven days a week is how I optimize myself to accomplish my purpose. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of people who, if your purpose is I want to have, you know, free time and be around for every part of my kids growing up, that doesn't translate into entrepreneurship. It doesn't translate into things like that, but you have to at least be honest. So mm -hmm. You say to yourself, you know, the most important things for me to live my best life is free time and being available or socializing or traveling. And you have to go and match that with an actual pathway mm -hmm. because the most dangerous person in the world that I have ever met is an ambitious person who's lazy. Right. Those, those people are pure evil and will burn everyone around them to the ground that they meet. Okay. <laughs> You ask, I will tell you. It's actually really interesting that you say that, like the piece about self-appraisal, because I just think about my own life and I was like totally aimless. And if you asked me what I wanted to do, I had a lot of different interests and ambitions, but it wasn't until I got sober many years ago and I had to do that like real self-reflective work. And I really had to like come to terms with who I was and my values and all of those things. And then my purpose kind of like, I, I didn't just then in that moment decide, oh, I want to like have a podcast, you know, but from that foundation, it just kind of like unfolded. And I was, I was able to, you know, see the path that I wanted to be on. I'm sure you've gone through this a number of times. I have like, you know, as everyone does, number of friends, patients, whoever that, you know, coming out of the sobriety world mm -hmm. and the ones that I connect with have like a true enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And true and real clarity about yeah. who they are. And it, it's overly impressive what these people have accomplished. And I don't know if it's you, but I don't think they would have gotten there without that arc in their life. If they didn't have the addiction to whatever and the crash, they wouldn't have had that breakthrough. 
it wouldn't have had that enlightenment and clarity. And, you know, a lot of those people are some of the closest people I'm with Mm -hmm. because even though our arc or our pathway is different, share that like similar enlightenment and clarity. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to do. And most people you will meet in your life will never do it. Mm -hmm. And when people just tell you what they want to be, it's and, and you look at them like you're so lost. It's like asking a child, you know, and they say, I want to be an astronaut or a baseball player. It's yeah. like, it's, they're so dislocated from reality, you know, because they're thinking about things like a child yeah. versus where you really get into the granularity of your psyche. And most people are not. Mm-hmm. By the way, the most valuable like thing people can take away, go download a self-assessment tool, sit somewhere alone for, you know, two hours and break your life apart. Whenever I have talked about my experience with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, I get so many questions. And I think that's for a few reasons. First, I think it's so much more common than people realize, and it can be really hard to get a diagnosis. And then if you do get a diagnosis, it can be really hard to know how to navigate it. So Alara is here to change that. They are the first virtual care platform for people with PCOS. So if you're having unexplained frustrating symptoms like weight gain, anxiety, or hair thinning, it could be your hormones. So it's really important to get your hormones tested, but it can be really hard to get the testing that you need. So Alara makes it easy with the most comprehensive hormonal and metabolic blood test on the market today. Not only will they test over 30 biomarkers, but you'll have a 30-minute doctor visit to review your results and find out the root cause of your symptoms. But they don't stop there. They also provide you with the expert care that you deserve to actually treat and improve your symptoms. So they have expert doctors, they have registered dietitians, and they will personalize all of your care needs and deliver all of your care in the comfort of your home, giving you access to the nation's best specialists wherever you live. Having this kind of support and guidance is so helpful because there are so many kind of lifestyle things, things that we have in our control that we can do to help manage and alleviate some of the symptoms of PCOS. So as somebody who has suffered with PCOS for a while, I wish I'd known about Alara sooner. They really offer an integrated approach to diagnosing, managing, and treating PCOS by combining nutrition, lifestyle, and medical expertise all in one place. And Alara was founded by someone with PCOS, so they get exactly what you're going through. So right now you can use the code Ariel at checkout for 25% off your first month or diagnostic test. Just visit alarahealth.com slash Ariel for more information. That's www.allarahealth.com slash A-R-I-E-L-L-E. Again, alarahealth.com slash Ariel. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay Carter, the founder of Set Active, and this is my new podcast, Ready, Set, Spill. Finding the balance between being a mom, running a business, and still maintaining somewhat of a social life is a constant work in progress. We live in a time where social media glamorizes everything that we do, but life isn't always a perfectly curated Instagram post. And that's coming from someone who built their business on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Nothing here is off limits, so get ready, get set, because it's time to spill. There's something in recovery called like deflation of ego. 
<laughs> like you really have to look at it, look at all the dark places that you don't want to look at and like have an honest self-appraisal yeah. and, you know, kind of like, I don't know, I guess deflate all the things that you think about yourself and your ego and all of that, like just break it all apart. And then that's your starting point. And like to what you were saying before, well, ego is the enemy, you know, yeah. one of my favorite things to read about, and I'm an avid reader, is Stoic philosophy, mm-hmm. how it applies throughout the ages. And, you know, one of the most common themes from any philosopher, whether, you know, from Socrates to Epictetus to Marcus Aurelius, is always mm-hmm. ego is the enemy. And once you get past that, you can really get to a place where you can handle yeah. situations in life. And what you were saying about what you've said before, like one thing I always say to my staff, you know, don't let success go to your head and don't let failures go to your heart. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that is a very powerful statement. Never get it too high, never get too low. Yeah. You know, about a constant path. Yeah. And then for this sure. applies outside of like surgery. It applies to the way, you know, you interact with your spouse and other things like, you know, those calm, calm is the key. Most successful leaders life and in history we're cool as a cucumber mm-hmm. i think we're living in a time too where we're like so hyper reactive and it's not you know you can't live like that you really have to be like even keeled and i think that's something that like sobriety and meditation and stoicism like all these things have in common by the way if you ask i mean this may be a question you want to ask me but if you ask if i was asking or people, what is the most common traits in leadership, whether you're the CEO of a company or a surgeon or an astronaut or a podcast host? So what, well, I can just ask you what you'd say. But like, <laughs> what do you think? And you probably asked a lot of people, I know to me what I need in a leader, what I need to be as a leader, what I look for in other leaders, what I connect with other organizations or investments. What do you think the leadership stuff that makes the most tangible difference in an organization? <laughs> I don't think my brain is working fast enough <laughs> to answer. I'm going to ask you, what do you think? So people always say like, what's the number one rule or a characteristic of a leader that makes a difference? And mm-hmm. it's not, you know, the ability to work hard because guess what? Everyone works hard. Mm-hmm. You can all do hundred hours a week. It's not the ability to believe in yourself. Obviously, like there is no success unless you have confidence. Mm-hmm. But I think separates from the, you know, the leaders and the pretenders is the ability to rationally and tactfully solve problems and issues mm-hmm. from small to big. Because from the moment we wake up every day to the moment we go to sleep and while we're sleeping, it is a never ending barrage of issues. Mm-hmm. And if, like you were saying, if you are emotional and do not have a strategic plan to handle things, you are dead in the water mm-hmm. because things are going to come at you in whatever you do in life, you know, whether or not you're, it's a problem with your kids, you know, spouse, work, whatever, they're going to come at you. They're going to come hard, the more successful you, they're going to come harder and they're going to come bigger. Mm-hmm. You get emotional, you give up all your strategic advantage. It yeah. is step back and think and have a st- rational, reasonable, strategic approach to solving problems. Make sure you have your core people that you know who you can rely on to ask questions to, your mentors, your team in your workplace, your team at home. Like build a team and a strategy for handling problems. Mm-hmm. Every problem has a solution. You know, just because you don't know something doesn't mean it's unknowable. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that. What are some of your other non-negotiables? Like I know that you're up so freaking early doing your workouts. Like I follow you. What are some of your non-negotiables lifestyle wise that kind of provide that structure along with like your support and your wife and all of that? So remember these arcs or balance change and like people talk about balance, right? And I think all these balance between work life or whatever changes at different parts of your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a part in my life where my balance, like I'm pretty out of balance. And like, I'll just tell you, like, I'm really out of balance. Like I, and, and I make no excuses and me and my wife are on the same page. I am like totally dialed in and I'm at a place where I, you know, want to not just be the best you know, plastic surgeon who does body contouring possible. I want to be the best employee, but I, you know, at the same time, be the best husband, but they don't necessarily go together. So right now I'm working and I'm not making any excuses and like, I'm going for it and I'm going to keep going as hard as I can. I know that sounds a little crazy and probably not as fluffy as people want to hear, but like my non-negotiable is like, I want to be the best and Mm -hmm. I want my team to be the best. And like, we're going to do whatever we have to do to get there. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make some unflattering sacrifices. <laughs> but what we were talking about, so I don't believe, like Nietzsche, I don't know if you like German philosophers, mm-hmm. but he talks about the mind thinks through the body. What he's saying there is the healthier the body, the healthier the mind. And I truly believe, whether it's surgery or anything else, but especially surgery, which is so hyper focused on physical and mental clarity. I won't do anything that interferes with the goal of physical and mental performance. So when I don't drink and I go to bed early and I get up super early and my regiment is, you know, to read and get mental clarity, be curious and ask questions. Like I read difficult things. I also read easy things, but I read difficult things and physically fit. It is scientifically proven when you get into an operating room and you are physically fit, there is less muscle twitch. Your hands are more firm. And when your mind is firm and your hands are firm, like you get into a zenith area where you almost have no consciousness in the operating room. You are not thinking about step one, step two, step three. You are in that zone where you are not just trying to get through an operation. You own the operation. And that's what I would want someone operating on me, someone who cares that much. And maybe I'm extreme and over the top, but you know what? I like surgeons who are extreme and over the top in terms of how much they care about the way they treat patients. I do too. And I think surgeons, you know, there are certain stereotypes that go along with surgeons and especially different types, you know, categories of surgeons and whatnot. And I'm like, no, I want that person who is like so fucking confident to the point that it's maybe air comes off as arrogance or whatever. I'm not saying that about you, but I'm like, I want that in the person who is like cutting me open and has my life in their hand. We can all benefit from a daily multivitamin and my absolute favorite for years has been Ritual. Ritual's essential for women 18 plus multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help just fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. 
I know that you guys really care about the science and research and ritual is really heavy on this. So it's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. And they didn't stop there. So they invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results were that it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43%, omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. So like I said, I've taken them for years. I just feel comfortable knowing that between my diet and then ritual filling in any nutritional gaps, I'm getting absolutely everything that I need. And aside from like the research that they put into their products, the thoughtfulness, the ingredients in the vitamins, which are all traceable. I really just love the minty fresh flavor. And I also love the time release. So a lot of times other supplements will give me like an upset stomach. Sometimes they can leave that bad taste in your mouth, not with Ritual. So if you are looking for a daily multivitamin, look no further. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Just go to ritual.com slash blonde and turn healthy habits into a ritual. Again, that's 10% off at ritual.com slash blonde. Summer is here. So many people are getting out there, traveling, living their lives. But one thing that can definitely put a damper on all of that is bad gut health. We know that gut health plays such a big role in so many different functions of our bodies. It can also influence our metabolism, our energy levels, even our mental health. And good gut health all depends on the balance between good and bad bacteria living in our gut. So the way that we can monitor that balance and assess if there is something off is by taking a gut microbiome test. So Keen Health has a gut plus microbiome testing kit. It's the perfect tool to give you the inside scoop on what's happening in your body, all from the comfort of your home. So you take the test and then Keen Health will give you a complete analysis of the health of your gut microbiome and how it may be affecting your overall health and wellness. Gut Plus will also give you insight into your probiotic, prebiotic, and vitamin needs, which is so helpful because we all know that gut health is trendy. There are so many different suggestions and supplements and probiotics and prebiotics on the market. But if you don't really know what's going on, you're just kind of guessing and you could be wasting so much money on all of these things. So the best thing that you can do for yourself and for your gut is to stop guessing and start assessing. So right now, Keen Health is offering 20% off with the code BLONDE. All you have to do is visit KeenHealth.com and use the code BLONDE. That's K-E-A-N-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com. Again, KeenHealth.com. The code is BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for 20% off. You want to get to a place, and this is taken from sports leadership and really from a psychologist at West Point who trains, mentally prepares people for special ops. But there is a connecting point where confidence and competence meet mm-hmm. that puts you in a, a kind of an unbeatable position. Mm-hmm. You know, the confidence comes from doing, like, the reason I hyper focus and do, you know, focus on basically one essential type of procedure is when you start stacking these wins on top of wins, you know, the average surgeon does 30 of what I do in a year. I do 800. Okay. You start putting that year over year. 
I'm, I'm 70 years ahead of the person next to me. Hmm. So that gives you confidence. You've been there. Like I've done an operation more than I've done anything else in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm confident. The competence is with the outcome and the training. You know, I've trained, I've done it all. And I'm not saying I know everything about surgery, but when it comes to what I'm doing, I have the training and I have the confidence and I'm putting it all together. So I have a bank account of both of those in my a mental bank account of the competence and the confidence. Mm-hmm. And pilots, surgeons, astronauts, special ops, people who are not allowed to have an off day. Like we don't have off days. There's no like, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. You know, that's, <laughs> that doesn't work. It's, it's a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm getting on a plane. The pilot's like, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. I'm just going to get through the day. Fuck I'm like, no. what are you talking about? <laughs> we, we're flying, we're, we're flying a plane. Like yeah. you have an off day, 300 people die. Yeah. Same thing with me. There is no off day. There is no tolerance for, you know, getting through. We don't, getting through something is like, and mediocrity it makes my blood boil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk about surgery and your approach and something that I appreciate about you. You talk a lot about empowerment and empowering people, mostly women through your surgeries. And, you know, I think for whatever reason, like plastic surgery, any kind of elective surgery is still so stigmatized and people. I don't believe that. I think that is just a false narrative. Really? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. Well, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Mm -hmm. I just truly don't believe that there is any rational decision that any type of self-improvement, whether it's reading philosophy, improving your diet, exercising, or making a commitment to improve your body through any means, including surgery, mm-hmm. has any negative possibility. Obviously, there's extremes. There's mm-hmm. extreme, you know, you can extreme plastic surgery, you can over exercise, you can over diet, you can over everything. Mm-hmm. But improving yourself to improve that mind-body connection, to empower yourself not going to tolerate that's not positive <laughs> i've had plastic surgery most people i know and they feel really freaking good about it yeah and i have too and i've always been really open about whenever i've had a procedure done which i've done like tweaks over the years and i'm obviously met with a lot of judgment and resistance <laughs> online because i'm kind of like putting myself out there there's a judgment resistance criticism if you want to be successful and you want to improve yourself, like welcome to judgment, criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter what you do. People like to meet in this, in the middle or the lower middle of Mm -hmm. mediocrity. And it is enticing to complain together and dwell together. And, you know, I had a rough weekend. I'm not working out this, you know, that it's seductive to complain together. When someone steps out of that middle, even though you're stepping up, whether, you know, stopping drinking, you're dieting, you're exercising, you're Mm -hmm. not going out late or you're having surgery, (laughs) you're you're already an outcast. You've stepped out. So they want to bring you back, but you got to get to a place. And that's when, like, when, when someone criticizes or whatever, it it is just fuel. Like it just fires you up. Mm -hmm. Like nothing excites me more. Like it is just like, you know, you're doing something right. Yeah. You couldn't care less about what these people think or who they are. Yeah. And if you got to know that person, you're probably excited that 
they're actually they're giving you the right response because they're directly opposite to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the negative I love is the that. appropriate response to your positive. Yeah, exactly. Well, and my, you know, my experience with surgery has always been like, I first had surgery when I was a couple years sober and I was just like, I don't look how I feel on the inside. Like my outside doesn't look how I feel. And I want that to match. And I'm with you. I don't think there's anything negative. I think it's a really positive thing. We have one life. Like you want to look as good as you feel, whatever, make that decision, whatever your reason is. I am very excited that one of my favorite brands, Oat House, is now a sponsor of the podcast. I have been eating their granola butter from the very beginning. It's truly the greatest. You've probably seen me make cookies with it. If you follow me on Instagram, I use it on my morning protein blob that I always make, but there are so many ways to eat it. So Oat House is the world's first oat-based spread. It's nut-free, gluten-free, vegan, organic, and top eight allergen free. It's great if you can't have nuts. Think the consistency of nut butter, but it tastes kind of like liquid Teddy Grahams. It is so good. You can also put it on toast. You can have it in smoothies or on smoothie bowls. You can just have it on fruit. You can just do it straight up from the jar. They have so many delicious flavors. I think cookie dough is probably my favorite. Birthday cake is also amazing. Vanilla is kind of like an OG favorite of mine that I can use in a lot of different ways. And then let's see, the chocolate literally tastes like brownie batter. It's so good. It's really hard to choose one, but you guys can go on their website and you can build a box so that you can try a variety of the flavors. And you can also find them at select retailers like Whole Foods, Fresh Market, Erwan, Sprouts, Harris Teeter, and more. And for a limited time only, you can get 20% off your first order by visiting granolabutter.com. That's G-R-A-N-O-L-A-B-U-T-T-E-R.com, granolabutter.com, and use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E. Again, that's the code BLONDE for 20% off your first order at granolabutter.com. So I drink kombucha all the time, and I found out some information that it was a little unsettling recently, and that was that the vitamins and probiotics in premixed drinks and kombuchas actually deteriorate over time. So I found Karma Water. They are revolutionary because they store the probiotics, vitamins, antioxidants, and adaptogens in this patented protective push cap. So basically when you're about to drink it, you just push the push cap and it infuses the ingredients just seconds before drinking. And that way it ensures that all the nutrients, basically the reason why you're drinking the drink, are delivered at peak potency to deliver the greatest health benefits to you. They currently have two lines. They have their Karma Probiotic Water and then they have their Karma Wellness Water. They are each formulated to deliver distinct wellness benefits in a variety of natural tropical flavors. All of the flavors are so good and perfect for summer. Karma Water is vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, lactose-free, as well as free of preservatives and artificial colors and sweeteners. And they contain 110% of seven essential vitamins, plus nourishing antioxidants and adaptogens, which can help the body adapt to mental and physical stress, soothe inflammation, and reduce fatigue. And if that weren't enough, Karma Probiotic Water delivers 10 times more probiotic cultures than yogurt to aid in digestion and help boost metabolism and 
and immunity. I know you guys are all about your gut health, so this is perfect for that. So Karma Water is distributed nationally and it's available on Amazon. For more information, just visit drinkkarma.com. That's drink, K-A-R-M-A.com. And also they are available on Amazon. The reason I love body contouring surgery and my main focus is, you know, modern liposuction. We write the textbooks. We train on all the technology. I write the techniques. We give the master class, me and my associates and mommy makeovers and mommy makeovers, essentially putting together all these operations we do into one harmonious operation. And after we've kind of mastered, you know, breast surgery and lipo and tucks, we put it all together. And now my main surgery is mommy makeover. But let me tell you, and I, you know, anyone who disagrees with me, whatever, you're entitled to your own opinion. You take someone who's had three, four kids, okay? Their muscles are torn, they're stretched. Their skin is torn, they're stretched. Their breasts are deflated. These are, you know, late 30s, early 40s, late 40s women. Their body is broken. They come in to see me with a very low psychological burden. They're like, unbreak my body, okay? Give me, give me back. You know, my core is not right. I do a plank, everything falls out. Everything is not where it's supposed to be. And I always make this joke, okay? If men's units were destroyed in pregnancy, they'd fix them at gas station, okay? Like, <laughs> they wouldn't let you leave the hospital with like, you know, it just wouldn't happen. But women's bodies, for some reason, you know, it's a big deal to fix them. Mm-hmm. When we put these women back together, whether it's, you know, my kind of 19 method of sculpting from minimal to maximal or the mommy makeovers, you see, they walk into the office. I don't look at the body, I look at their face. Like they come in and, and they have that, that, you know, jump in their step. They're ready to go. They'll tell you my sex life is better. My work life is better. My relationship with my kids is better. The relationship with themselves is better. And that's part of getting to know you mm-hmm. and getting to know yourself. Like if you are disconnected from the way you look and the way you feel, that's a problem. Now, when you do yourself introspection, you should be able to learn if plastic surgery is the right thing or not the right thing. You know, if you think plastic surgery is going to change your marriage, that's probably, that's not right. You know, we like our patients who are super happy with themselves and they know exactly who they are and they know exactly what plastic surgery will do for them. Mm-hmm. How often do you have to turn people away because they don't meet that criteria and, and you feel like they are trying to fix something maybe like internal with a surgical procedure? Two most common questions I always get are what are like weird things people ask you and how often you turn them away? Mm-hmm. One of the great things about social media is I amplify a message. It's, it's almost like a dating app. Like people don't, res- they know what I'm saying. They know who I am. Like it's not received by those people. Mm. I don't get weird questions and I don't get a lot of unrealistic, like they're very similar, very sophisticated people who are looking for this, you know, appropriate approach. I don't get people asking me for weird things. They don't make it into my office, Mm. especially uh, most of our patients at some point, you know, this is the pathway. Almost all of our patients are word of mouth. Okay whether they're from, you know, we have a huge patient base in London, Paris, California, Austin, and New York and the surrounding areas. 
someone gets my name and then they follow me for a few months on Instagram, they get to know me. Like they know who I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not hiding it. So when they come in, they're either on board with us or they're not. And they find someone who's on board. I would bet you the way people portray themselves through social, there are offices that are full all day with people who are unrealistic mm-hmm. because they, they probably promote an unrealistic approach. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. It's not a thing. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it gets filtered out before it even gets to you because of what you're putting out there. People know. My brand does not swallow that. It, 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 it's not random. Like people don't come in and they're like, so tell me. It's like, yeah. hey, this is who I like. I'm, you know, 43 year old. I work in a hedge fund. I've had three kids. This is what I want. Like, and this mm-hmm. is what I want. Like, and I like the way you do things, Ryan. And my two girlfriends went to you and they're happy. And like, let's just do it. I'm mm-hmm. busy. Let's go. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we did get so many specific questions. So I do want to get into like some of the, the surgical rapid stuff. fire. Let's do it. Cheers to the Pelicino. This is a fantastic product, by the way. <laughs> and to our friend, mutual friend, Jennifer Fisher, thank you for the salts. But I don't know how you live without sparkling water. And as my son calls it, spicy water. You know what? She drinks coffee and she drinks alcohol. You and I don't drink alcohol. So this is our substitution. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so we'll start. Let's let's talk about breasts. This is actually okay. interesting to me because I am having a breast augmentation. I was supposed to have it this Friday. Obviously, that's not happening because of my COVID. I had to push it back end of the month. But this is a decision that I didn't come to lightly. I was thinking about it for years and I initially had wanted to do fat transfer. And like, then I was like, maybe fat transfer and a lift. And then I decided, no, I'm going to go implant. But of the questions that we got, this was one of the most common ones. I think people are really scared of breast implants because of breast implant illness. You hear more and more about that these days. And I think a lot of people are curious, like what can fat achieve? Who is a candidate? How real is breast implant illness? All of the things. Well, I like this question. I actually do a lot of breast surgery. I actually don't, we don't promote it as much because we really like this very specific message. Like mm-hmm. I do the most lipo and I do the most tox, but like with the mommy makeovers, I do a ton of breast surgery. Mm-hmm. Absolute ton. And we're just increasing our catchment of breast because we like the way we do things in our team. So Dr. Anna Steve, mother of two, after a three-year global recruitment search, she is joining us from... Saskatchewan, Canada. So we have a female surgeon starting in July who's going to be primarily cosmetic breast because I do most of my breast surgery with other stuff mm-hmm. we're looking for. So let me talk about my approach overall. Okay. Slam dunk operation, breast surgery, whichever way you're going to go. Most predictable, long lasting is always going to be implants. Mm-hmm. I like smooth, round, silicone, highly cohesive for gummy bear implants, appropriately fit into you. Okay. I like them under the muscles through an incision underneath. I like it under the muscle and my patients like it under the muscle because many of them are thin and they like the meat and the patty on top of, you know, it's like, you don't just want the bun. You put the meat in the bun. Okay. The way I do it, it's bloodless. We put long acting numbing. These people are moving real quick. And when it comes to the implant, we just like, don't go too big. And it comes to sizing. Okay. I see a lot of women who don't have kids. They want to feel more feminine with their breasts. Hmm. So we pick an implant that fits them. My most common implant is somewhere between 270 and 330 cc's. Post-pregnancy, 
we see a lot of deflation. So a lot of implants with lifts. Now, I do a procedure called the breast boost, which is fat grafting. Okay, we do a closed system purified fat grafting, meaning we're doing the lipo, the fat comes out like Willy Wonka. Okay, it goes through a machine, it gets cleaned, it's never exposed to air, and then we put it back in. So I'll get a little granular on fat grafting for you guys. If I take my kidney and put it in you, that's a problem. You're going to reject it. But if I take a piece of fat from your stomach and move it to your boob, it doesn't reject it. But the more pieces you move, the less likely little blood vessels are going to grow in. They were like, you know, think of a pile of tennis balls. The ones in the middle of that little pyramid they always have can't get that blood supply. So you don't get, it's not as predictable. Mm -hmm. So I tell people who don't like implants, you know, we can do the fat grafting. It's good for size and shape. And we can do that minimally invasive or under general anesthetic. It's good for like a half a cup. We do a lot of patients who want implants, but they don't want big ones. And they want a little cleavage. So instead of adding more implant, we'll put a little implant and we'll add some purified fat into the cleavage. Hmm. I do a lot, kind of like a lot of patients who come to me in their 20s. They've had big implants and they're like, I, I show up for my, you know, pick up at school and I'm just like all boobs. And like, what are we? So a lot, some of them want to go implant out huh. and lift with fat. Some want to go implant out with a little implant and fat. So like we're pretty, I use fat all day, every day, everywhere in my operation. Mm -hmm. I've had a number of patients who take, yeah, take their implant out for suspected breast implant illness and we'll replace it with fat. And sometimes they need to do it two or three times to get the volume they want. Guess what? Everyone likes getting more lipo. So like, it's <laughs> like, oh God, I have to get thinner in another part of my body to make my boobs bigger. Like, oh, God forbid. Let's talk about breast implant illness. So. Listen, I think if you put things in people, some people's bodies are not going to like it. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have allergies. We all have exposure to the environment. Our bodies are constantly changing, connective tissue diseases. Listen, women come and they say, like, everything, you know, I don't feel well since I've had my implants. Like, let's take them out. So mm -hmm. I don't really make more of it than not a huge, I believe in it. And I think if people are sick and they think it's their implant, take them out mm -hmm. and then go from there, take them out. If the symptoms go away, you know, you've got it. If they don't look for something else. Overall implants are super predictable, even small ones. We use like one twenties on like a lot of women in New York or in fashion or just like really women who are super scared of having big boobs. I like put in a little hockey puck implant, mm -hmm. and a little fat on top of it. But you know, we like, conservative implants here i'm doing like 210 i think that's what he is predicting around 210. so it's another thing i make the decision going in there's no playing around like mm -hmm. surgery is not like hey let's see how it looks like we don't play around mm -hmm. i'm mean, like this operation is quick it is painless you know I, I don't play around with implants i don't you know it's rare that i'm like i'm gonna oh i'll tell you what i think is best it's like no we're making a decision we're sticking to our plan and mm -hmm. we're gonna win this operation mm -hmm. I don't like going into an operation with variables. I mean, it's like taking a plane taking off and saying like, maybe we'll land in Denver. Maybe we'll land in LA. Like, right. Tell me where we're going. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel about, what is the name of it? It's like the mesh that goes inside. Galaflex. Yes. That's helpful. Yeah. I use it for people who are getting lifts and they want to hold mm -hmm. the implant up. So like an internal bra, like someone's got their hand inside your breast. Mm -hmm. the implant up for a long time. Got it. But I don't use it on primary cases. I don't like adding mm -hmm. things 
inside a body because it increases the again increases the risk of infection. It's a thing. Like you want less things <laughs> in your body. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about the lipo aspect of it too. So I know that it's just like a part of what you, the whole comprehensive thing that you do. But that was another thing that a lot of people asked, you know, is like, does somebody have to be a certain BMI or can you get fat on anybody? So I have a unique practice. Like there are not a lot of people in on this planet who specializes in lipo. Lipo, one of the reasons I got into it, it's kind of this procedure that base guys didn't like. And a lot of people thought it was like a throwaway. And they're doing these old techniques, old equipment. And I'm like, why are we doing it that way? Every single person walking can have something sucked or tightened. I can tell you that. So I love doing it. There's a low psychological burden. We all know what flat and tight means. We all know what sculpted and tight means. It's not like we're looking at a nose. Is this nice or is this not? And I also love the artistic. As opposed to other procedures, it is a pure skill and artistry operation. This operation is about familiarity. You need to have, like, if you do it once in a while, don't do it. Okay, this when you're sculpting someone's body, you better know what you're doing. So when we talk about BMI, like I have a lot of patients super thin, have incredibly low body fat percentage, but that small body fat is stuck in their arm, in their lower abdomen, in their inner thigh. I have a lot of patients, you know, who are looking for a jump start, who have, you know, gained some weight for whatever reason and need, you know, a catalyst in their wellness cycle. When we talk about BMI and I write a lot of position papers on safety in plastic surgery, it is not about, we were like, I like a BMI below 32. Sometimes we'll go up to 33, 34. And the reason for that is safety, because we know when you get to a certain level, the risk of complications go up. Mm. But I mean, in terms of, you know, our, our women and men, all ages, all body types, all body parts, you know, I do calves, ankles, I, you know, I do the nooks and the crannies as they call it. Like, and by the way, it's not like if you have knees that are like stubby, you're not going to get rid of that in the gym. Mm-hmm. You can't diet your knees. I do calves and ankles from all over the world. I'm telling you, you take women, they've never like been comfortable in high heels, put them into high heels and they have a nice shape. You change your life. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, like, what do you mean? They've never worn. They have trouble putting on boots in the winter. They feel like they have tree trunks and now I sculpted them. I never even thought about that. And then when I was looking at the questions that people sent in, I saw a bunch about calves and ankles. And I guess I have a bias because I was like, well, that seems a little excessive. Today, we I did a calf and ankle from Kuwait. We did a knee from Austin. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, it's a big deal. And they want to go where someone knows what they're doing and also loves it. The passion is everything. Honestly, it attracts people. Definitely. It's definitely magnetic. When you're doing lipo... <laughs> and I'm not just asking these questions for myself. I promise. I feel, yeah. By the way, this is the every dinner party <laughs> of my life. Is this okay? <laughs> like, it's literally I sit down and it's like I you probably don't want to talk about it. And then I'm like, all right, hit me. And it's like, name. Okay, let's go. I love it. no because any chance I get to amplify the messages, like mm-hmm. I love, it. I love it, and I love talking about what I'm passionate about. The people want to know. Deserve to know. They, they need to know. Yeah, they need to know because I think it's hard a lot of times to find the real information. We don't want to give them what they want. We give them what they need. Yeah, 
exactly. So my question was, <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing lipo, say in an area like arms, okay? Because this is something that I might throw on as well. Because my arms are my problem area. I also did two sets of arms today. Arms, <laughs> the most common procedure I do. Really? My arms brace magazines. I, I mean, <laughs> I did absolute pleasure to watch TV at night and see my arms on there. And just so, so many women have these stubborn areas, especially mm-hmm. at the top. And I see incredibly fit women from instructors at your favorite local fitness studio who just <laughs> can't get the shape. Okay. So here's the deal. This is like my thing. Okay. Traditional liposuction of the arm is they just take a little bit of fat there. Okay. Mm-hmm. The arm is a cylinder. You know, like my favorite explorer, Ferdinand Magellan, you know, you want to make a difference, you got to go around the world. Okay. So we sculpt around the arm. Okay. And the key is the technology. So this upper part here on almost anyone, more connective tissue than fat. Traditional liposuction is just going to hack away at it. It doesn't work. I make a little poke in the armpit. We use gentle ultrasound technology. We melt it. We basically turn cheese into queso, get (laughs) get the fat out to get that nice scoop. From there, I can go down to the elbow. And as needed, I can make other little incisions. When I teach my course, we talk about one point, two point, three point access. Mm-hmm. We do this minimally invasive, uh, you know, when you're awake, because I know how to numb people very gently. We get to listen to music, dad jokes, and we basically have like our own podcast in the operating room. Um, or you do it asleep, alone, or with partners of other operations. But mm-hmm. young patient arms, I mean, knock it out of the park. When you take what I do, I get rid of those stubborn areas. You put in what you do in the gym. It's mm-hmm. not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals a thousand. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was always diamonds that make women happy. It's not. It's arms. It's skinny, sculpted <laughs> arms. And it's cheaper. So. <laughs> what about the tightening aspect of it, though? Like This is where the judgment comes in from the doctor. The maturity, okay? You have to know how tissues respond to what you do. So you have to know what melting fat with vaser energy does, how well the tightening devices, whether it's J plasma, whether it's body type, doesn't matter, and how to remove fat. When I'm removing fat, I'm doing different amounts at different levels because the fat is different. Mm-hmm. Matching that with the patient's goals. Sometimes it's pure lipo. Sometimes it's lipo with a little tuck. Sometimes it's lipo with a full tuck. This cannot be more overstated. This is very difficult. And you have to be obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. You do not want to leave people loose. It's not cute. And <laughs> you want to have real conversations because, you know, we're going to see people with loose skin. You don't want a full cut. So we'll talk mm-hmm. about what you'll get out of a mini and things like that. So, but like setting those expectations, being mm-hmm. real. And sometimes you set the expectations and they say they're realistic and then they're not. But, you know, then you figure out. Let's talk about downtime because I think that there is a misconception that you get these procedures and for sure, I'm sure like a tummy tuck and more invasive procedures, you can tell me, are longer than something like maybe like a straightforward lipo. So downtime is like humor, okay? Like we all like have a different sense of humor and Mm -hmm. everyone is going to heal differently. So let's talk about downtime. Patients get the optimal downtime when they prepare for surgery properly, limit alcohol intake, get healthy, anti-inflammatory diet, meaning don't come into the operating room, buffy, bloated, blood thin, you know, mm-hmm. setting yourself up for significant bruising and swelling. Post-op, if you're going to follow, you know, the diets, the garments, the massages, 
and all the little things that we know what is going to do, you're going to heal quicker. Mm-hmm. I deal with a lot of overachievers like that. You know, they go to work way too early, but they, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just swollen for a while. So let me tell you how it goes from a, a 30,000 square foot view from minimally invasive. So like, say I do your arms this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I did a woman today who's going on her honeymoon to Italy in two weeks. Okay. So you're going to leak for a few days. I like to leave these little incisions open. Get the fluid out. It's disgusting. Looks like Kool-Aid, but like get the fluid out. Fluid's inflammatory. Get it out. Start massages the next day. Okay. Your arm is swollen and bruised for about a week, but not like unsightly. Like if you're wearing a garment, like you mm-hmm. can go out tomorrow to a restaurant. First three weeks, you're going to see swollen. Doesn't mean you look like the Michelin man, but it might look even worse than when we started. Three weeks is usually the inflection point, meaning like you go from like, what did I do to, I can't believe I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. That's for the minimally invasive. Like we really knock these out, you know, most days I'll do like a big case, like a mommy makeover, tummy tuck, breast lift, implants, BBL, all the things. And then we do like three sets of arms, inner thighs, knees, calves, ankles. They heal quick. And like, again, I think overachievers are attracted to us. We don't mm-hmm. see people who are like sluggish and lay around. Like mm-hmm. they, they want to do the things like they're empowered. They want to do the massages and follow the instructions. So average. Most people, straight lipo, 360 or whatever. I tell them to stay home for three or four days. You can swim in two weeks, go on vacation or something special in four weeks. Results are going to take a full year to max out. Mm -hmm. Tummy tucks. I tell them, you know, stay home for a week. Have someone else look after your kids for a week. When we do breast dogs, like two weeks, do whatever you want. Lift your kids in a few days. I don't care. Mm -hmm. We do it like there's no six weeks, eight weeks, like. We release the muscle. I gently lift it. I put in a proper implant. Like lift your kids, go to the gym. Like we're not saying you can't do anything for six eight weeks. Mm-hmm. But when you choose a plastic surgeon, they need to have a full aftercare program for your operation. It is not like, hey, I think you should get a massage. Like go find one or like get garments. Like mm-hmm. we are obsessed. The biggest paradigm shift. The one thing I noticed from other offices: the status quo was the customer service and the hospitality aspect of plastic surgery. And that's why we've changed our team. Like our front desk comes from the hospitality world, hotels, mm-hmm. our patient you know, care coordinators are, you know, patient care coordinators. There's no sales people. It's not commission. Like mm-hmm. for his best for the patient. Okay. If it's not good for the hive, it's not good for the bee. And we have a huge team of me, other surgeons and nurse practitioners who are solely concerned about the patient experience it is 24 7 back and forth i get calls all the time from my wife's friends or patients friends who had surgery elsewhere and they can't get a hold of anyone like, what do you mean you can't get a hold of anyone someone just cut you like you need six numbers immediate access like mm-hmm. i mean my patients always joke you know they're glad i'm not you know their husband but they're glad i'm their doctor because <laughs> my phone rings you know i just step away from every meal i'm at you know i get three in the morning I don't care. Like patient care is everything. The way your team treats your patients is everything. I mean, people are scared. They need clarity. They need mm-hmm. access. It's something Melinda talks about all the time. Listen, part of the reason I get up at four in the morning every day is when we do a tuck or a lift, I go see them every day. And we have patients, you know, I think I have patients in five hotels as of today. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of continental breakfast for me. So, <laughs> but 
I go to the hotels and I see them or I go to their apartment. I see them. I need to know. Like, I don't understand how someone doesn't want to know what is happening. These are big deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my obsession with the end result. And the end result is a lot more than the physical appearance. It's the emotional experience of the patient mm-hmm. and the husband or whoever's around, you know, it's nice when they see, Hey, the doctor's here at four forty-five in the morning. Like who cares? Yeah. And that is the hardest part of surgery. I think at least for me, I think for most people. The easiest part of surgery for us and then no one wants to do it. The customer yeah. service is literally, and then, you know, I got Mitch motivates. He's dropping flowers off. He's running errands. You know, last Mitch week. Mitch still here? Like, Mitch is in the background. He's motivating. Mitch, <laughs> we had a patient last week from Chicago. I'm not going to mention any name. We did a mommy makeover. We brought her mother in. Her mother was super nervous. Mitch took her mother um, for a walk in Central Park and out for breakfast. We came back, we were done the operation. Okay. If you don't have a hand who's willing to do the things that no one else can even think of, I mean, what are you even doing? <laughs> I love it. Now I want to have surgery with you. <laughs> That's why I wanted to open my own place. I just, you know, I break down the silos, break it all down. Why can't it be a highly positive emotional experience? Why can't you speak to someone when you need to? Why can't Mitch, you know, drop flowers off at your apartment the morning after surgery? If you need an errand run, we got one who will do that. If your mother needs, like, super nervous and needs to be taken for breakfast, can do it. But that's why we have a global reach. I mean, we get people who want that from all over the planet. Exciting. I know that when people come to you, they know what they want. They want. They know what they want. They want what they know. Yeah. Are you seeing any changes in? like the trend of what people are asking for. I know like everyone's talking about, oh, the Kardashians are skinny now and they're getting their BBLs. So I never made big butts. I was never a big butts guy. And I do not lie. Shout out to Sir Mix a lot. You know, listen, I was always a, a better, not bigger bum. So like we've been doing like elegant BBLs for a while. You know, baby BBL with the mommy makeover, fix a little droop. I've been doing that for a long time. So that's nothing new. I am seeing reverse BBLs all the time. Like, Dr. Funderburk is doing them. I'm doing them. We're now going to be writing our own paper in a textbook chapter on how to undo BBL. It's a staged approach. You know, think about like uh, movie Armageddon when they're trying to kill the asteroid from the inside. So, you know, we're taking these ridiculously big butts, like insane. Like these women cannot walk by a construction site and we're trying to heat it from the inside and shrink it. But we're fighting gravity, you know, the top and the bottom, you know, gravity is hitting us in different ways. So, um, but we're getting results. They go to places down south, you know, call wherever you want. They trust someone and someone takes a lot of fat out and puts it all in their tushy. And it's not a nice twist. So, you know, it's heartbreaking because it's like they really damage these girls. And also it's like incredibly expensive to like have like or more operations, not just the cost of our time. And like, we do what we can, but like the downtime, like a couple weeks off work every time. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. So we're reversing BBLs. And like, let me tell you, implants, the every day I'm seeing women with big implants wanting to go smaller Mm -hmm. or take them out completely. I've always been elegant, long, lean, you know, athletic. That's my aesthetic. Elegant, long, lean, athletic. Okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll change, but the trend now, smaller implants, you know, they like them high and tight, you know, mm-hmm. nice, but not big, smaller, better butts. Mm-hmm. That's aggressive sculpting. I mean, this has been who I am from the beginning. 
but that's why I think, you know, our foundation is strong and, you know, we're busy, but we love being busy. How busy are you? When is a consult with you? So I operate every day. Okay. Most surgeons do a couple of days. I operate every single day because there's nothing in the world I love more than operating. So I, I never understand when surgeons say they have a two year wait list or one. Like that's like to me, like I'm not booking a restaurant reservation for two years from now. <laughs> It, it, it's it just makes no sense like i don't get it i know miguel is listening to this right now and his consults are booked out till 2023 so miguel take notes <laughs> miguel and his team have come to visit us and we've given them exactly the formula so listen you can read harvard business review if you have more than a three to four week waiting list for whatever service you're providing you're doing something wrong so charge more or scale okay <laughs> so, that's, so three to four weeks. That's, that's my answer. Yeah. But like, listen, I get people, Hey, I'm friends of friend. Like I'm in town. I want to be seen this week and I want surgery next week. My response, no problem. Listen, there's a price. I charge a lot, but yeah. if a lot, you get a lot. You want right. surgery Sunday morning at 6am. No problem. We'll give it to you. We'll be there with bells on. So we make moves. We like operating. I have me, I have Dr. Funderburg. Soon we're going to have Dr. Anna Steve from Great Canada. So yeah, we don't do, like, we like, there's a turnaround. Mm-hmm. It's, also, it's an emotional thing. Like people, yeah. like they want it and they want it now. Yeah. Most sure. people, not in the summer right now, 90% of patients want surgery within three weeks. Mm-hmm. So they hear two years, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't care if you're Da Vinci, like, you know, no one's waiting three years for a Mona Lisa, you know? Well, and then they're going to go somewhere else in so many cases. They'll go somewhere else and have it done not correctly and then need a revision. Well, that's not true. They might find someone who is also very good that just has their practice structured in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, listen, but it's also, and this goes back to the beginning, in your purpose. Okay. So not going to mention name. Some people are unwilling to operate at the pace that I do. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people operate five days a week and in the winter, six days a week. And they'll tell you it's, you know, it's too much or they get too tired. I freaking love it. I have the best team in the world. My favorite place is to be in the operating room. I have the physical and mental stamina to do it. But listen, we do like seven, like three, four, we're done. This isn't like set, like we're going around the clock. Like we do a normal work day. Like, why can't I do a normal work day and operating every day? I trust me, I got the stamina for it. <laughs> um, we love it. I absolutely love operating. It, it's it's an obsession, and I do everything myself in the operating room. You know, people always think there's someone. You know, like we do it yourself. We love it. Mm-hmm. Why would I ever want to give up my ability, <laughs> what I love, to anyone else? Well, I love it. I love your enthusiasm. I like to ask my guests one thing people should stop doing and one thing they should start doing today. And I'm very curious to hear your answer. It doesn't have to be surgical related. It can be anything. That's a great question. So if I had to tell people one thing to stop doing, stop living your life in survival mode, meaning just like trying to get through every day and make, and each problem is like a huge big deal, right? Like you wake up in the morning, maybe you wake up late. And you miss your tax, you know, maybe you miss your bus or your subway and you're just trying to survive, right? Every little thing is like life or death to you. And a week goes by and you just got through the week. I can't stand it when people, I got through this week. I got through that. It's like, 
you know, those are people who, you know, you're, you die at 20, you're born at 80. Okay. Mm. Get over yourself. Things are going to happen all day, every day to you. Living in survival mode, start thinking bigger and like, what do you want out of life? Stop worrying about the little things that happen that everyone has to deal with. Like, so that's one thing I would tell people to stop. And to start, honestly, something that's been, that's new for me in the last few years is an absolute obsession with reading. Like, I really think it's easier to go through this, you know, dark path of life or this dark cave with the lights of history. And like, the more you read, the more you realize like thousands of people or for thousands of years have been through everything you were going through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, you'll re- I can tell you quotes and you'll think it was like your father who told you. And I'll be like, no, that's Epictetus said that 4,700 years ago. You know, like, <laughs> you know. I had Ryan on my show, Ryan Holiday. It was like one yeah. of my favorite episodes. I love all of that because I get that same feeling like, oh, I'm, this is so insignificant. By the way, I have like become friends with Ryan through mm-hmm. social, like, and he's someone that's like motivates me. You know, he says, read a book. I'll read it. Yeah. And reading has really opened up and it's almost like, like whimsical. Like I love, you know, reading a book on Napoleon. I want to like be back there and mm-hmm. Churchill or go back and, you know, whichever you want to read about. But the more you read, the more functionally literate you become, the mm-hmm. more you sense yourself and your place in the world. What are you reading right now? Today, I am reading from Tim Grover. I am rereading it. This is another thing. When you like people read the Bible every day, right? Mm-hmm. Same book in a religion or whatever they're reading. So while I'm always trying to read three to five new books, so maybe a couple hundred books a year, there's a couple that like you just want to reread, reread. And I'm rereading Relentless by Tim Grover. Mm -hmm. Tim Grover was Michael Jordan's personal trainer, but this is not about, you know, Michael Jordan. It's not about personal training. It is about the key attributes to find success in life and to help it helps you explore yourself to get there. And uh, I love it. I, I've read it like three times. Amazing. I heard him on a podcast and he was great. So I'll check that out. Yeah, he's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I feel motivated right now. I don't know to do what, it's seven o'clock Monday, I have COVID, but I feel motivated. <laughs> There's so much you can do. No. <laughs> yeah, listen, part of also what I like to do and like my patients, my team, my staff, it's like, I'm trying, I'm here, like leading should inspire people. Yeah, I have staff members who, you know, have lost a ton of weight that they're reading and like they're making significant different changes in their personal life based on what I do. And I take that as an incredible honor and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow night in Central Park, night's plastic surgery is having our, what is it, Wednesday workout, Tushy Tuesday or Workout Wednesday. Yeah, we, have, we always invite like local people. I'm inviting my Frank's coming and we're going to have a team workout and we bought them all leopard print gear and it's going to be awesome. Fun. Well, I don't know if you're inviting me, but I wish I wasn't sick because I would love to do that. Another time. Yes. There might be a Tissue Tuesday next week, which is a lower body focused workout in the park. Okay, perfect. I think I'll be good by then. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? You can find me at 5th and 58 on the 
12th floor of Bob Bergdorf Goodman. That is where the dreams are made, baby. And you can follow me at Dr. Nystein on Instagram or at nystinplasticsurgery.com. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie. 